Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Why? Why must all living things eventually die? Why do our lives end? Why can't we go on living? Why can't we hold on to those we love? Why is our work so often a burden? Even the work that's made easier by technology. Why is the gift of new life accompanied by so much pain? And why is it immediately followed by the dread and fear of death? Why is there so much suffering? Why are our relationships sometimes so difficult? Whether it's family, marriage, or friendships, why, why do they wane or break apart? Why? Why? Well, it's actually easier not to ask such questions. It's easier not to dwell on such questions. It's easier to simply accept that this is the way of things. This is life. And to put your head down and toil on. Or it's easier to, to, instead of ask such questions, to pick up your phone and scroll through your Instagram feed or stream another show, take another trip, or have another drink. But God's word deals with all of these hard questions of life. God's word deals with the, the, the mystery of death, the problem of suffering, pain at birth, the burden of work, the challenges of relationships. And our passage this morning points to the background of it all, the source of it all, the origin of it all, and answers why. Because the answer to each of these questions is the same. They are all the consequences of sin. They are all the result of disobedience the outcome of pride, the origin is human guilt. And yes, it can be a hard message to hear. In fact, you might be questioning it right now. Some of you might be thinking, are, are you saying that I caused this? Death and suffering and pain and alienation, are you saying that I'm guilty? Well, no and yes. And here's what I mean. No, no, you weren't there. No, you were not in the garden with the man and the woman, Adam and Eve. When God placed them there in the garden, God gave them great freedom. He told them they could eat of any tree in the garden. There was only one prohibition, one. There was only one rule, one. God said that they must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If they did they would die. So it sounds simple. One rule, one law, one command, one tree, eat it, die. Got it. But the, the serpent, the adversary, the enemy, shrewd, crafty, deceived the woman. 
tempted her, told her she would not die, that in fact she would be like God. So she ate. She gave some to her husband. He ate. They disobeyed God. The first sin. And at that moment, everything changed. Everything. Their relationship with God was broken. They no longer desired fellowship with God, communion with God. They no longer wanted to be in the presence of God. They, they hid. But you can't hide from God. God called to them. God questioned them, gave them opportunity to confess, repent, ask for forgiveness. But all that they did in answer was to point fingers, shift the blame, claim victimhood. Sin begets sin. Sin generates more sin. Sin produces more sin, causes more sin. You see, Adam and Eve did not just stop with just one sin, and so it has been ever since this first one. No, you weren't there. They disobeyed God. They sinned. They were guilty, but they represented you, acted on behalf of you and the entire human race. Thus, by simply being human, you are guilty. And you're guilty of your own sin, guilty of your own disobedience, guilty of, of your own pride. And it only takes one. It only takes one lustful thought. It only takes one hateful word. It only takes one failure to act in love. And you've broken God's law and you are guilty. Well, today's passage is God's sentence. It's God's judgment on the guilty. And first, he addresses the serpent. The serpent is cursed. Cursed above all beasts of the field. Cursed to a life of humiliation, crawling in the dirt. Cursed to a life of hostility, animosity with the very one that he tempted, the woman. But it's an enmity that would continue down through the ages. A battle between the offspring of the woman, the descendants of the woman, and the offspring of the serpent. I mean, even today. What is your initial reaction when you see a snake? But this curse, this humiliation, this hostility, this battle was not only with the serpent, but also the adversary, the tempter, the evil one who spoke through the serpent. Next, the Lord addresses the woman. She will suffer pain, pain in childbearing, pain in birthing, motherhood and pain, maternity and suffering now go hand in hand. It's a physical labor and emotional labor that does not end at birth, but continues. God also said, your desire shall be for your husband. And in this case, desire is not simply a longing, like a physical longing or an emotional longing, but desire as in control, domination, mastery. So now, rather than oneness in the marriage relationship that God created and intended, there's now a battle for control. Husbands wish to rule, wives desire to dominate. And so the result is strain and strife and pain and wounds and scars. And the same can happen in any relationship. Well, the Lord also pronounces judgment upon the man. 
Like the woman, he will suffer pain, but he must endure pain in work. He must endure pain through work. The ground is now cursed. Tending and keeping a garden, growing food is labor. Thorns and thistles and weeds must be battled. Weather must be endured. So eating only comes after great exertion. Now, you may not grow your own food. You may not tend or keep the ground, but providing food work remains a struggle. It's labor. Now, for some of you, your work really is toil. It's a burden. But even for those, who lo- uh, those of you who love what you do, there are frustrations. No matter what you do, no matter what your occupation is, the field where you work, the garden where you toil has thorns and thistles. And some seasons, they're in greater abundance than others. You know them. You know what they are. You know who they are. You've been pricked, you've been stuck, you've been scratched, you've been tangled, you've been lacerated. And just when you thought you dug them all up or got rid of them or stopped the spread, others just spring up out of nowhere. Pain, labor, strife for the man and woman, for all men and women. For this judgment cascades down through the ages on all the guilty, on all who have sinned, including you and me. And it does so until we return to the ground. Listen again to God's final words to the man. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Death is judgment. Death is punishment. It is not the natural end of life. Death is not part of God's good creation. There was only life. Well, our New Testament reading was from Paul's letter to the Romans. Listen to verse 23 again. The wages of sin is death. Death is a result of sin. Again, the desire to eat the fruit was to be like God, without bounds, without limits, determining good and evil, right and wrong, a a desire that is very much present in the world today and in your heart today, at least a struggle in your heart. I mean, come on, don't, don't you want to do what you want to do? And is it what you want to do right Don't you dislike being told what you can or can't do? But God laid limits on Adam and Eve. They were not to be without bounds. He cast them out of the garden. He cast them out of paradise. He cast them away from the tree of life, away from eternal life. And he barred the way. So they were then, and we are now, bound by the chains of time, knowing that one day it will run out, knowing that one day your last hour will come, for you are dust. And to dust you shall return. This this judgment, this limit, death, is a reality that is always present in life. Often it's in the background, looming like like a towering mountain, 
in the distance. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, it's there. Ever present. Informing decisions. Influencing behaviors. Again, why? Why must all living things eventually die? Why is our work so often a burden? Why is the gift of new life accompanied by pain? Why is there so much suffering? Why are our relationships so difficult? What the back of it all is guilt. Human guilt. It's the consequence of sin. It's judgment on sin. Pain. Suffering. Strife death. But they are not the final word. They are present, yes. You feel them, yes. You experience them, yes. But they are not the final word in life and over your life. There is good news in our passage. It may not seem like it, but there is good news in our passage. There is gospel there. The Lord speaks it. It's not not obvious. It's not like a flashing road sign. It's more like a shadow or a whisper. There's a promise of one to come. Listen again to verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God promised it in the battle with the serpent, an offspring of the woman. A descendant of Eve would be bruised, would be struck by the serpent in the heel. A blow, yes, but not a fatal one. But in turn, this descendant of Eve would strike the head of the serpent, bruise the head of the serpent, crush the head of the serpent. And that is what Jesus Christ has done. God, the Son, the eternal Son, the one through whom God made all things, created all things, he took on flesh, he was born to Mary, he is a descendant of Eve, and the serpent struck his heel. Jesus was mocked, he was beaten, he suffered, and he was crucified. He suffered the punishment of a criminal, he suffered the death of a criminal. But God raised him from the dead. He is alive, resurrected. He has conquered. He has struck. He has crushed sin and death and the serpent. And he's done so for you. Jesus endured pain. He endured suffering. He endured death, the judgment of God, the punishment of God, so that you don't. This serpent crusher took your place and he frees you from sin. He frees you from the guilt of sin. He frees you from death, all as a gift. A gift of divine love. Again, Romans chapter six, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you believe? That's how you receive this free gift. You receive it by faith. 
Jesus has come. The serpent crusher has come. But as you know, sin is still present. You struggle with it daily in your mind, in your heart. The, the, the effects of sin still abound in and around your life and in the world. There is still pain. There is still suffering. There is still death. But, but through Jesus, it's redeemed. Through Jesus, it, it's transformed. The serpent still strikes, still tempts, but he is crushed. He is bound. He is beaten. There remains pain in childbirth, pain in motherhood. But your children belong to the Father. Jesus said, let the children come unto me and do not hinder them. Through him, the pain may be more bearable. Through him, the fear can be muted. The ground may be cursed. There may be thorns and thistles but work remains a gift. God uses it to provide, provide for you. He places you in your garden to tend it. Toil, sweat, battle the thorns, but do it with a grateful heart. Do it for God's glory. Your relationships can, can still be a struggle, Marriages, friendships, family, there, there's, there's strife, there's scars, but God's grace can transform them, heal them, set aside your pride, set aside your desire, leave your control behind and forgive, forgive just as the Lord has forgiven you and ask for forgiveness. And yes, death still looms like a mountain. It's present. It will come. It will come for you. It'll come for me. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But through faith in Jesus, death as judgment is gone. In Jesus, it's, death as judgment is no more. Death is now a bridge a bridge. And on the other side is your savior. On the other side is the serpent crusher. On the other side is the tree of life. Jesus has opened the way to it for you, to eternal life. And there you will dwell forever, in his presence forever. Along with all the saints who have gone on before you, along with all those who are in Christ who've gone on before you, and those who will come after you. And there, and there, there will be no pain. There, there will be no suffering. There, there will be no death. Only life. Only joy. Only peace. The free gift of God in Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 